Hey, high school hockey fans, welcome back to another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I'm Mike Hammond, along with me, Trasher, Burglar, Bill Jr., and also Del Scanlon. And we got a special guest tonight, Michael. Uh, you want to introduce our guest and uh, take it away? All right, thanks, MJ. Uh, tonight we have Corey McCracken, the head coach of the Notre Dame Academy Tritons. Welcome, Corey. How are you doing this evening? Thanks, Michael. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. We'll get right into it. Uh, Notre Dame Academy, currently first in the Division One rankings. Uh, right now you have a 5-0 and record. You've been pretty much spotless this year. Uh, tell me a little bit about the season to date. Yeah, it's been a good start for our team. Uh, like you said, we're 5-0 and on the early part of our season. And uh, just getting a taste of what's out there in, in high school hockey this year, I like our group. Um, I think, well, obviously, when you return a bunch of players from the year prior, it gives you a little bit of a head start on other teams that are building a season, and we're certainly trying to do the same thing. But I think as we build ours from the goaltending position out, uh, it's been a consistent start for our group and a good balance of uh, good goaltending followed by a, a group of D that are uh, have some depth and some experience, and then our forward group is finding a way to put pucks in the net this year. Okay, well, you're talking about from the, the goal out, and you have Bo Buckley in that, who's been uh, a pretty solid player for the last two or three years. Uh, right now, it looks like his stats show him with a 962 save percentage. Tell us a little bit about Mr. Buckley. Yeah, Bo's a, Bo's a very good goaltender. He's, he's This is his fourth year in our program. He uh, got thrown into the fire a little bit as a freshman. We had our senior goaltender that year get hurt right around Christmas time. So he was thrown into the fire a little bit earlier than we thought he would. And uh, so he's got a ton of experience. And, and then uh, he's used that to his advantage. This year he's off to a really good start. He was really solid for us in the first period against Northland Pines on Saturday night. Um, and tested as well in the early part of our season playing Superior and Eau Claire Memorial. So he's uh, he's risen to the occasion, and it looks like he's on track to have a really good season. And one of my favorite players on your team, kind of close to my heart because I knew him when he was just a little kid, uh, Jacob Conrad. He used to be in the, the Stevens Point Youth Hockey Association. Now he's over playing in Notre Dame, and uh, hard to believe that he's a senior this year. Tell us a little bit about Jacob. I think, in my opinion, Jacob might be uh, one of the most quiet, high-end defensemen in the state of Wisconsin as a senior. He's uh, he's just exceptional at what he does, and he's not flashy. He's not going to skate the puck and lead the rush. He's he's an exceptionally gifted defenseman with a stick. His footwork's really good, and um, if you notice him when you play the game, it's because he's making five and ten foot exit plays. His puck recovery is is really, really good, and he, and deservedly so. He's getting a lot of attention for himself for the next level, which for him next year hopefully will put him into the USHL if he continues on this path. But he's had a really, really good career for us. He's played since he was a freshman in high school as a starting varsity defenseman. His game has grown. He's a quarterback of our power play, so he's got a lot of skill attached to his game as well. He's just he's really, really solid at what he does, and there really isn't a flaw or a weakness in his game. He just he keeps improving every single year. He's just a phenomenal kid. And he's not a really big kid. He's uh, 5'11", I think 155 he was listed at. Kind of reminiscent maybe of uh, a defenseman you had a few years ago that won uh, a Mr. Hockey Award. Yeah, maybe Mr. Stillwell. He, he's uh, very similar in a lot of ways to Tony, and Tony was uh, an exceptional skater, and, and, and Jacob's much the same. And 
you know, obviously we've got a lot of game film to show guys on Tony Stilwell when he played and what he was exceptionally good at. And Jacob's taken a lot of those pieces and added them to his game. But Jacob plays bigger than 5'11 and 155. He uses his body well. He gets inside position quite frequently. And and uh, he understands how to leverage his stick and take time and space away from players that may be a little bit bigger or stronger than he is. So he certainly plays a lot bigger than his 5'11 and 155 frame for sure. And I know if he if he happens to get a little bit of a growth spurt here, his dad is a pretty good sized guy, Monty Conrad, who was a, a UWSP star back in the day. Oh yeah, Monty uh, Monty played in the day where it was hard and heavy, and and he's got the body style for that. He's a Madison East kid growing up and played at UWSP, won some national championships on a really good college team there, and. Monty coaches our back end right now with our defenseman. He's done a phenomenal job with that group. But, uh, yeah, if he grows into his dad's body, he's going to be just fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, on the forward line, uh, you got players like Sawyer Scholl, Brendan Poshak. Um, those are, are two of the top names that I recognize. I know they've had a lot of success in the past. Uh, Sawyer Scholl especially is an interesting story. He got hurt late in the year last year and missed some time now, didn't he? He did. He broke his wrist in, uh, in our Christmas tournament last year and missed six weeks. So he missed basically December 27th through February 1st or 2nd. So he missed, he missed a large chunk of our season last year, unfortunately, because he was having himself a really good junior year. And and uh, he's rebounded really well this year. Uh, he, he led the Team Wisconsin 18 team in points in the fall, was a part of the IIT team that gets selected. So a handful of team Wisconsin kids get selected to go to the IIT tournament at the end of the elite league season. He was one of those and he's done a real nice job for himself. He is, uh, he's developed into a really, really nice player that's going to play the game for quite some time. All right. Uh, enough about Notre Dame. You guys have gotten off to a great start. Uh, tell me a little bit about your thoughts early on and maybe going back even to the discussions about it, uh, the thing that everybody's talking about, uh, the two divisions in the boys' hockey world. Well, there's some positives, there's some negatives, and there's a lot of there's been a lot of banter about two divisions in high school hockey. I think for us as a coaches association and a, and a group of high school coaches, we'd like to see it be eight teams in one division and four in another to go to a state tournament and 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 be able to add additional teams and showcase high school hockey in the state of Wisconsin. And, and obviously we, we throw that to the WIA and they take a look at it and they make their, their decision. And obviously they decided that four and four split would be a better way for them to go. Uh, we're not necessarily in line with that as a coaches association, but it obviously offers some teams that are division two with a lower enrollment based teams an opportunity to do something they might not otherwise get a consistent opportunity to do on a year in and year out basis. And that's compete for a sectional title and, and get themselves a chance to go to Madison. So I think it's good in that sense. Um, but you look at some of how this has all played out and you really don't know all this information until the WIA releases it as far as sections and where they're going to put teams and how they're geographically going to map it out. And obviously you look at section one and there it's loaded with a lot of heavy division one teams on a, on a year by year basis. So, you know, that's going to be a gauntlet in the, in this, in the late part of our playoff stretch to see who advances out of that section. It's just, I'm not sure it's the right thing for high school hockey growth in the state of Wisconsin. I think it's, from a WIA perspective, I understand where they're going with it. I'm just not sure it's going to showcase our sport the right way at the high school level and, and do it fair justice for what we would like it to do as a high school coaches association. Okay, so the way I understood this is that this is a two-year experiment. Is that correct? Yes. 
That's the way okay. I understand it as well. Okay. So after two years, if there's a lot of, uh, let's say, pissing and moaning, pardon my French, do you think the WIAA will maybe go to the 8-4 and four format, which is what we all would really love to see? You know, um, you would think, and that would be a positive thought process in our part as a coaches association, we're certainly going to lobby for that format. But, again, it's a numbers-based situation for the WIA, and they want to see a certain number of teams to go eight and four. And I think their thought process with it is by going to two divisions, it would help some of the co-ops break up potentially and add additional schools and, and, and teams representing their local community that would expand high school hockey to a sense that would allow us to go to eight and four. Uh, it's too early to tell how that's going to play out right now. It looks like, you know, some of the teams like Fond du Lac Springs, as an example, broke their co-op up to fall into the guidelines in division two. And, and that's their, that's their process as their team and their school. But, I think we'll see as, as time plays out if, if in this two-year window there's going to be enough new teams that break off in co-ops that could actually add enough teams to go two divisions. I'm just hoping they see the benefit of having more teams and, and different opportunities for different teams in the high school side of things to advance to the state tournament and grow the game the way they should grow it versus you know handcuffing it a little bit with some of the teams that you'd like to potentially compete to get to the Madison environment and get to the state tournament and offer teams an opportunity that come from smaller communities, the same opportunity. And, and right now it just, it looks like we're just kind of going in a dead end direction from a growth of high school hockey in our state, in my opinion. Well, you know, back in the, the mid two thousands, like 2004, 2005, somewhere in there, they had talked about getting up to 96. We need 96. That's the magic number. Once we get to 96, uh, we'll split to two. You know, we'll do a, a, a 64 and a 32. Well, we never quite got there. I think it was either 93 or 94 teams was the max. And it's gone downhill. And then now in the year 2019, there's 83 boys teams total. There's 51 in D1 and 32 in D2 to make the four by eight sectionals. Um, I mean, what do you think caused that regression from almost there to now all of a sudden it's going downhill? I think it's a combination of things, to be honest with you. I, I think there's a, when you have co-ops and you have kids coming from different areas in co-op schools, if those kids uh, potentially don't continue to matriculate into their, their parent co-op school, then it becomes an issue where they lose the four or five feeder kids out of that out of that program, so it cuts numbers down a little bit. I think there is the other situation of um, just where the natural curve in high school hockey in any sport does. You're going to see growth in some areas and decline in others, and I think you've, you've seen that the last 12 or 13 years in our state is that some of the areas like – I'll use Green Bay as an example, right, when we – Went to WIA hockey back in 2005, 2006. Um, there was six local teams playing in this area. Now we've lost the GBU program. They're a JV only program because of the feeder system out of Green Bay Area Youth Hockey doesn't support the Green Bay United program, and they're still working through their number situation. So I think it's just a situation of do we have enough numbers to keep growing the sport? And the only way you do that is is the youth programs need to have success, but like in the Green Bay area, as an example, we have Green Bay Youth Hockey, which which feeds uh, Notre Dame Academy, it feeds Ashwaubenon, it feeds Bayport, um, it feeds Green Bay United. So you have one youth program, so you have you know three Bantam teams and one youth program that are going to ultimately feed the other high school teams in that area. And then 
locally in some other communities, like you look at Superior as an example, all the kids in Superior youth hockey feed into the Superior high school program, the ones that don't go private and go to Duluth Marshall or cross the border and open and roll somewhere in, in Duluth. They stay in Superior, so it's a little different situation there. I, I don't know what the answer to that is. I just know that it's probably not going to change if we don't offer an opportunity for additional teams to see the end of the light at the end of the tunnel to grow grassroots-based hockey in their local community. And that's the team that's got to drive it from the bottom up is the numbers have to support it from a year-in and year-out basis. Yep, absolutely. I've always said that you need to – the bottom of the pyramid needs to be a lot bigger than it is at the top. And, uh, you know, sometimes if that bottom of the pyramid is not big enough, the, the top end of it all suffers. Yeah, that's 100% right. Okay, guys, uh, I'll open up the floor to you. Uh, any questions for Corey? Well, I got one. Uh, this is this is burglar. Um, we're heading into holiday tournament time. Um, last year, the showdown in Titletown was the holiday tournament. Is that is that the deal again this year? It is. Yeah, we have our tournament. Thanks for asking. Uh, December twenty sixth, twenty seventh, and twenty eighth will be the dates this year for our tournament. And uh, all eight teams are from the state of Wisconsin. So we open up with uh, Spash on the 26th at noon. That's followed by um, Edgewood and Nina right after that at 2.30. And then uh, we'll see a Verona-Eau Claire Memorial game followed by the last game of the night. And uh, that'll be Wausau West. And Superior will be the last game of the night for us that night. So those are the eight teams this year. It should be a really fun tournament. It always is super competitive, and it's about the time of the year where Things have leveled out a little bit. The teams have found their identity, and it gets to be some really good competitive hockey. Yeah, but your younger guys have worked their way into a position, and lines are starting to gel and all that kind of stuff. So that's good. Um, I think, well, I know some of us will be there for part of that part. Most of their, I know we'll cover quite a bit of that because that's always a, a good tournament to, to go and, and, and see. Yeah, we appreciate that. Any coverage you guys can give us would be great. Corey, how is it from a scouting level there, talking about uh, junior hockey, college hockey, um, how how is the, the scouts uh, receiving it? How are they, uh, what are they saying about it? Yeah, it's been very positive, you know, since we started this tournament many years ago. I think we're on our 10th or 11th year doing this now that um, it was really strong in the first five or six years when we had it in January. It was always that third weekend in January. Um, super strong, and it still gets a really good turnout every year. We get a ton of guys that come in from the North American League. The USHL is good, is well represented, and then there'll be some college guys that'll be in attendance as well. We had four or five college teams last year that came in and watched us play. So it's a uh, it's a great opportunity for the kids. We typically have a, a field of seven other really competitive teams in our state, so it kind of bring some of the better teams together over the course of a, a three game, a three day week so to speak, from a holiday tournament perspective. So it gives it gives guys an opportunity that want to track. The players have been tracking since the fall or last year and see how they're progressing right now. It gives them that opportunity. So it's been it's been a really, really good experience, and we've had a lot of kids uh, have some success coming out of this tournament because of that. Okay. Yeah, if you can just, uh, like, send trash or the, the, the bracket – for that we'll get that up on our tournament uh list and look forward to, to that thank you Check. will do thank you all right guys that's Corey mccracken notre dame academy 
Corey, thank you very much uh, for joining us this evening. Uh, congratulations on a great year so far, and uh, best wishes for continued success, my friend. Well, uh, just, to, just to spoiler, uh, we've done the tabulation. You're, you're still ranked number one. Well, for, for one more week, maybe. We'll see how that goes. But I certainly appreciate that, guys. Thanks so much and for all, right. all you do for high school hockey. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Corey. Thanks, Corey. Thanks. Have good holidays, guys. Take care. You too. Thank you. Spoilers. <laughs> all right, MJ, back to you. All right. Well, let's see where we're at here. Um. Our games of the week, USM taking on Nina Hortonville, Menasha. Trash, you were at that game. What did you see? I saw a lot. Um, it was at a brand-new rink, the Community First Champion Center in Grand Chute, which is just a smidge outside of Appleton. It's uh, actually half a mile northwest of the Appleton, the Fox River Mall. And it's about uh, half a mile west of the, the Timber Rattler Stadium. So it's pretty close. It's an awesome facility, very beautiful. They have uh, also have volleyball and basketball courts. Uh, but more importantly, they have a very nice arena for hockey. And we got a chance to take on or to see the University School of Milwaukee Wildcats take on the Nina Hortonville Menasha Rockets. And uh, the youth school came out with a 3-2 victory um, early on in the game. First period, there was no scoring. Second period, Nina got the first goal with Drew Sutton scoring. And then in a five-minute span, Kyler Ringgold and Ethan Thoms scored to give University School a 2-1 lead going into the third period. Ringgold scored again three minutes into the third for his second goal of the game, and interestingly enough, that was his second goal of his high school career, which I think was 31 or 32 games, something like that. Uh, first time he had scored a, a varsity goal, and he scored two of them in this game. And Thomas Burns scored um, a goal later on in the game with about a minute 34 left, but it left the Rockets a little bit short as the U school Wildcats took a 3-2 to two victory um shots were pretty pretty scarce in the game university school had 23 shots nina had 12 it was a pretty good defensive battle um third period there were only three shots by each team so they there was a lot of scrambling around and uh, a lot of defense and not a heck of a lot of offense but um they somehow still managed to score a goal apiece in the third uh Good game, though, uh, between University School, who was ranked in the, I think they were like third going in, Nina Hortonville Menasho, I believe, was sixth. So two top six teams, a good contest. Both coaches were, you know, obviously Jason Woods was a little happier on the University School bench because they got the win, but Jeff Lindemann, I think saw the fact that he could play, his team could play with a youth school who was ranked a little bit higher. So a good battle, a good game, a good contest. Youth school 3-2 to two over Nina Hortonville-Manasha in the boys' game of the week. 
You know, I ran into Jason Woods last week, and it seems like the guy is always smiling for, for some reason. He's always in a good mood. Let's move on to the Northland Pines taking on Black River Falls on the girls' side. And Del Scanlon, you had the chance to check it out. Yep, I made the trip up to Black River Falls and uh, Northland Pines. Black River Falls was there for a game, and it was a tight game. The there was no scoring till late in the second period when there was a scramble in front of uh, Matheson, the goalie for uh, Black River Falls, and the scramble, the puck ends up sliding into the net to give the Eagles a one to nothing lead with a minute 28 remaining in the second period. And that score would hold up to late in the third period when the Eagles ended up scoring two empty net goals to seal a three to nothing victory. The shots in this game were very even, 25 shots on goal for Black River Falls compared to 24 shots on goal for the Eagles. And I mean, a very tight game, very well played. Uh, penalties, there's a few penalties called in the third period where both teams got called for two penalties. But otherwise, you know, a very clean played game. And it was the Eagles being able to take advantage, even with a short bench. They came with 11 skaters uh, that day. And a, a very good game up in Black River Falls. Two teams there to compete. And it came out with the Eagles on top, three to nothing. Back to you, MJ. Okay, thanks a lot, Dell. And there's for our two uh, games of the week. Trasher and Dell had the chance to check them out. It's time for our Wyndham Garden Inn of Fitchburg Players of the Week. We've got one for the girls' side, one for the boys' side. And Burglar is going to tell you who they are. Bill? <laughs> we can't hear you. All right, here we go. There you go. <laughs> you always tell me to put it on mute when you know somebody else is talking. So anyway, the Wyndham Garden Inn of Fitchburg, the official state tournament headquarters of Wisconsin prep hockey sponsors our players of the week. And uh, I'm going to keep with my theme of spoilers because uh, on the girls' side we have Lexi Holman from the Cap City Cougars, uh, who we might hear about later. Um, on Tuesday last week, she had 20 saves, gave up one goal, and a 3-1 to one win over the Metro Lynx, a top-six team. On Friday, she gave up, she had 29 saves, gave up one goal, and a 3-1 to one win over the Central Wisconsin Storm, previously ranked number one. And on Saturday, only six saves, and I won, well, but they were all important because it was just a one to nothing win over Arrowhead. So stopping 20, uh, 55 shots out of 57 attempts, uh, Lexi Holman, goaltender of the Cap City Cougars, is our Girls Player of the Week. On the boys' side, we have Aiden Lenz, a sophomore forward from Madison Edgewood. On Tuesday, in a 13-3 win over Milton, uh, he had two goals and three assists, total of five points. On Friday, 5-4 to four win, tight win over Madison West, one goal and three assists, uh, contributing on three out of the five goals. And on Saturday, 
a 5-3 to three win over Monona Grove, another goal and two assists. So Aiden Lenz of Madison Edgewood is our boys' Wyndham Garden Player of the Week. That continues no. our two-week tradition of not giving the Player of the Week award to the coach we had on that week who nominated somebody else. <laughs> and I'm so going you, back on mute. Are, are you telling our coaches that if they nominate a player, don't come on as, as our guest that week? That You know, that might be something worth thinking about. I mean, Corey is usually pretty good about submitting people throughout the course of the year, so, I mean, he would just have to never come on. Um, but, you know, two weeks in a row, we got nominations from those coaches and their players didn't win. Well, guys, you also, kind of a, a, a side uh, discussion from that is that both Mike McCursey from last week of the Metro Lynx and Corey McCracken this week uh, offered a lot of great insight and a lot of great information on what's been happening so far for not only their teams but for high school hockey in general. So we're just happy to have them. Last week I wasn't here. You had Mike McCursey on? We did. He, he only agreed to come on if you weren't going to be here. I wasn't. <laughs> not not only not only was MJ not here, but he just admitted that he didn't listen to the show <laughs> afterwards, nor did he read any of the email chains I leading had, up. I had I had all the faith in the world you guys could do it without me. But McCursey, I've known him for quite a while. He's a character, all right. Um Let's go ahead and move on here. Check out our notes that we got here. Um, let's go on to the top six. I almost said top ten, but it's a top six. Bill Jr., you've uh, been doing the counting and tabulating, and uh, you've got some results for us. No, Trasher does the counting and tabulating. Now I just do the announcement. But uh, okay. this week, lots of shakeups on the girls' side. Uh, the Cap City Cougars stormed up to number one. Uh, the Eau Claire Area Stars are second. Central Wisconsin Storm is third. Uh, the Fox City Stars are fourth. The Metro Lynx are fifth. And the St. Croix Valley Fusion are sixth. Uh, Division two for the boys. Fond du Lac Springs moves up to number one. Northland Pines is second. McFarland is third. Superior is fourth. Rice Lake is fifth. And Lakeland is sixth. And Division One for the boys, Notre Dame Academy is number one, Wassa West number two, USM number three, I believe those are the same as last week, uh, Verona is fourth, Nina hortonville Manasha is fifth, and Chippewa Falls moves into the sixth spot uh, with their win over Hudson. I, I'd just like to comment, we all vote, and... You know, a bunch of the coaches vote, but when I was looking at last, we talked last week about you know some teams that we don't always mention. You know, in our when we did the top tens, we were like last Amory was on there, and you know, so I looked. You know, how did Amory do this year? Oh, this week, oh, they lost to Lakeland. Oh, Lakeland. We've, we we rarely talk about Lakeland on here, and I went, well, how's Lakeland doing? Oh, they're like six and one. Who was their last two? Rhinelander. Come on, you lost to Rhinelander. And now we got you ranked in the top six, and you lost to Rhinelander? Come on, guys. Send your hate mail to Trasher. No, don't. No, 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 
no. Send your email, hate mail to burglar at wisconsinrephockey.net. Come on. You're from up in that redneck of the woods. Come on. Don't give them hell. Well, you know, even looking at the D1, I'm. it's going to be interesting watching how the top six fluctuates throughout the season because one of the teams that I'm expecting to see move up in there in the next couple of weeks is Arrowhead. I mean, there's – they come up with a couple more good wins. They've been right on the cusp of being up there in the top six the last couple of weeks, I'm pretty sure. Um, the D2 is going to be interesting. It's that, that one's really going to fluctuate, I think, through, throughout the year. And we know the girls is going to end up changing off and on. Well, even in the D1, we've got a, a, new, a new face in there in Chippewa Falls. Um, I think they're unbeaten yet. Um, the, you know, they don't have a lot of you know, marquee wins on their schedule, but I, they bumped Hudson off of the top six. I think Hudson was on there last week. Chippewa Falls beat them, took their place. Um, they've got a couple of tough games coming up this week. We'll, we'll see if Chippewa Falls is still there next week. They play Superior on Tuesday and Eau Claire Memorial on Thursday. So, um, you know, chance for Chippewa Falls uh, to, you know, solidify their place. In the top six, you know, with a decent showing against those teams. You are correct. Burglar Chippewa Falls is six and zero, oh, and uh, Coach Scotty Parker um, has the team going very well. And in the past, you know, they've kind of been flirting with the honorable mention, top ten uh, rankings, and this year they're up into the top six. So, yeah, I mean, they got a few. Uh, tough games ahead of them but uh we'll see what happens and yeah, yeah i'm very interested to see what happens in the, the d2 because i think there's going to be some fluctuation there but i disagree with dell in the girls uh top six because i think that's going to be pretty solid throughout the year yeah i think scott parker's been at chippewa falls for like what forever yeah a lot of years um I mean, in the past, I mean, there have been some very good individual players come out of Chippewa Falls. Um, just recently, but the name escapes me. Trash Jordan Steinmetz. Okay. Um, and this year, I was looking at their, their team stats, and they're pretty well balanced. Um, Isaac Frenette is their leading scorer with 15 points, but then, you know, you got Isaac Lindstrom with 11, Sawyer Bow with 8. Uh, a couple more guys, three more guys with eight, you know, uh, Ben Steinmetz with seven. You know, so they're a pretty balanced attack. They've been scoring a lot of goals, so we'll see if they can keep it up this week. And their goalie, Bridger Fixmer, who graduates in 22, so what does that make him, a sophomore? Sophomore. Yeah, he has 24-save shutout against uh, Marshfield, 17-save shutout against Menominee, 19-save shutout against Anago. He had 42 saves in the 4-3 win over Hudson. Um, he's got a 9.55 save percentage on the year and a 1-2-0 goals against average. And a great name, Bridger Fixmer. And fortunately for Chippewa Falls, I don't see Rhinelander on their schedule. <laughs> and... Uh... Weirdly enough, and maybe I'm wrong on this, you guys might not know, but it seems to me that Fixmer is a name that has some Rhinelander roots. It seems to me there was like a, a basketball player that maybe played over there that was a Fixmer. I'd have to check on that, but, uh, yeah, 
but the kid is playing a hell of a, a hell of a game so far, and uh, best wishes to him. Hopefully, him and all the other goalies continue to keep the, the pucks out of the net. But then that's kind of uh, not very friendly toward the goal scorers, right? Goal scorers are showboat and puck hogs. Puck hogs. Hogs of the puck. All right, guys. All right. Let's move on, right? Upcoming games of the week we got coming up. The girls, the Metrolinx take on the ECA Stars on Saturday. Dell will be at that game. That should be a pretty good game. And also on the boys' side, Fond du Lac Springs takes on Fond du Lac on Friday. And Trasher will be at that one. Uh, Michael, Blue Line Center, is that where it's going to be at? Yes, sir. Fond du Lac Blue Line Ice Center. Um, Family. I'm sorry. Family Ice Center. Yeah, there's a big helicopter right next to it. Uh, And that is the Sturgeon Cup. It's the battle between Fond du Lac Springs and Fond du Lac, the two teams from that city. Uh, Lake Winnebago, which is just to the north, has had or still has sturgeons in it, and I believe that is the reference of the sturgeons, the sturgeon cup. So that should be a good battle. Um, Talked to uh, Fond du Lac coach John Schubert earlier in the week, and he says – Expect a, a, a big crowd. Um, Bondi Springs uh, coach John Welsh, same thing. He says it's going to be a big battle, so a good game. Come on down. If you guys are in the Fond du Lac area, definitely come out to watch this game. If you're a high school hockey fan in that area, should be an awesome contest. And I will be there, MJ. I was going to say, in regards to MJ, I hope it's at the Blue Line Family Ice Center since that's both teams' home arena. Um, So during this game, if somebody scores a hat trick, do they throw a sturgeon onto the ice? Oh. Trash is on mute. His lips are moving, but he's, there's nothing coming I, out yeah, there. I got it now. I got it. I thought I hit it, but I think Your that's just move, up. but I can't I, 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 hear I, I, what you're saying. Yeah, I think that's just up in Spooner where they used to throw the fish out on the ice. But I'm not sure if there's going to be any sturgeon available for this one. Sturgeon are kind of ugly anyways. Yeah, they're like prehistoric, kind of yeah. like us, right? Yeah. We are the sturgeon of hockey. And the podcasts. the Fondy the Cardinals look to be back in shape. They're only four wins shy of last year's total. At six and zero this year, they only had ten wins last year. So it looks like they're they're back in shape after a, a down year or two. No, you should. Do, do, do they play Ryan under this year? <laughs> I should get off this right under thing. I'm going to get hate mail <sighs> again. MJ Lagos is going to be sending you hate mail, buddy. There's going to be a hoe dag in your front yard. You hoe dag it. Final thoughts on that note. Uh, we got a few, and who wants to take care of them? 
All right. Well, I'm going to start out with the coaches and admin stuff. Um, for the team pages, if uh, you are in charge of your team pages, kind of make sure your, your schedules are all in place. Check them out and make sure there's, like, no duplicates. You can always delete uh, a duplicate game because occasionally the two contestants that are playing will both enter the games, and then it shows up as two separate games. So take a look at that. Um, make sure to get all your stats in, and that includes uh, the scoring live for both teams to make sure everybody gets credit for what has actually gone down in the, the, uh, the games. Uh, roster page, take a look at that. Try to clean that up if you can. Um, basically, you know, you're looking at a few things like the name, the number, the position. Um, uh, Delete the kids that graduated last year. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, that's Yeah, because we don't always get around to that. No, uh, it's, it's, it's always good to put the graduation year. Rather than if you put freshman, sophomore, whatever, they just go and change it next year. If you just put the graduation year, then it makes it real easy next year. Just you know, delete everybody who you know graduated in 2020. Yeah. Um, so right. now you'd be deleting. And oh, and pictures. Um, if you have pictures, like for instance, on for our player of the week, uh, we have a little widget on the home page where it has a picture of the player of the week. I'll tell you right now, we do not have a picture for Lexi Holman of the Cap City Cougars. So anybody from the Cap City Cougars, if you can get a picture of Lexi Holman up on that page, um, it'll go, it'll end up on our front page. Otherwise, it's just going to be that. Otherwise, we have a default picture of MJ kind of in a shadow. The silhouette type thing. You don't, you don't, you don't want that. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's what's there. We don't have a picture. It's, it's, it's a, it's a grayed out MJ. Yep. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Thornton, uh, if you got a picture of uh, Lexi, Pop that baby up there so we can get it on the front page. And as far as games go, uh, the proper etiquette for games is the home team uh, should be entering all the, the game details. And if they have not done it within 24 hours of the game's completion um, and the visiting team has the, has the wherewithal, then they can enter the stats. But you give the home team 24 hours to get the stats in. If they don't do it, the visiting team can do it. If there's any, uh, if there ends up being any discrepancies, somebody has to send us a score sheet, and we are the final arbiters of that, uh, based on whatever is on the official score sheet. Yes, and we received uh, an email, or I received an email today about um, a goalie that apparently had not been credited with the proper amount of saves. Well, the, it looks like the, the the team that entered the, the stats didn't quite get it right. So, um, you know, I mean, we we need to see the score sheet. We can't just take your word for it. I mean, as much as we'd like to, if you tell us your kid had 73 saves and allowed one goal when the score sheet actually says he allowed one goal and had 22 saves, you know, it's not just going to work. So, um Get the score sheets to us. We will definitely make it right, but we need to see a little proof. I mean, as harsh as that sounds, you know, we've we've had issues in the past where um, it didn't work out right. So we're we're trying to to do the right thing here. Also, and, when you 
Go ahead, uh, real, Del. real quick, uh, Superior Girls team, I did receive your individual photos from your coach in an email. They will be on your team page no later than Wednesday evening this week. Also, when you enter those uh, game sheets, don't just enter your team only. Enter the please enter um, the stats for both teams on the sheet, just not just your own individual team. We ask that politely, please. That's something you forgot to cover, Trasher. I'm sorry. I just thought that the majority of the people that entered the score sheets did, you know, worked from the score sheet with both teams, goals and assists, penalties, uh, saves, goals allowed, etc. cetera. But, um, yeah, we, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so make sure that you, you enter the sheet and use all information on the sheet to complete your game stat report. I think that's all I got, buddy. Okay, and the other thing then is that uh, we made a call out last week for holiday schedules, and thank you to the uh, dozen or so uh, coaches or parents or team reps, whatever, who have sent us holiday tournament information. Um, but we suspect, based on previous years, that there are still a few tournaments out there that uh, we've not gotten schedules for or information about. Um, so please, if your team is go, if you're a parent, if you're a, a assistant coach, a coach, a athletic director, anybody listening. If you know your team is going to a holiday tournament, send us the schedule, the, the brackets for the tournament. Uh, we'd like to have everything up before uh, before Christmas and get all this stuff set. Um, like I say, thanks to those who have already sent us stuff, and I think we're missing a few yet, so get them in. Okay, guys, anything else you want to add? I see Trasher's kind of... Uh flown the coop on us. Well, if I nobody we have, wants I don't it, think we have to wait for him to come back, do we? No. Del says no. MJ says no. Del says no. All right, wrap her up. Take us okay. home, MJ. Okay. Well, we'll try to do better next time, but we want to thank Corey McCracken for uh, spending a little bit of time with us and talking, and for Dell, the Berg Boys, and an absent trasher. I'm Mike Hammett. Hey, we'll catch you next week here on This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.